It is indeed an honor and a pleasure to stand before you this morning and to share a message from the everlasting Word of God. For those of you that are visiting with us here in the auditorium, and those who may be visiting us online, we at the Melbourne Church of Christ extend to you a very warm and sincere welcome. With open arms, we ask if there's any way that we can be of service to you that you will reach out to us. The story is told about three professionals sitting around a table talking about the oldest profession. One's a doctor. The doctor says, the Bible says that God took a rib from Adam and made woman. Clearly, the oldest profession must be medicine. But then the engineer sitting around the table said that, no, God created the whole world out of void and chaos. And in order to do that, surely God must have been an engineer. So engineering has to be the oldest profession. And then the one lawyer sitting around the table leaned forward and smiled. Huh, who do you think created the chaos? <laughs> now, I'm not bashing lawyers. I, I, I pay for legal fees also. But... Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I make reference to that little bit of sense of humor because I believe that all around our society today, chaos exists. It appears that people are choosing to believe whatever they want to, never mind the facts historical events, or even what one sees with his or her own eyes. It appears to be okay uh, just to make stuff up and pass it off as truth. Be that as it may, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the challenges that are going on in our society, I want to remind us this morning that we serve a God who is still the same. No matter what the world thinks, or even what we think for that matter, God is who he is. Amen, church? We do not define God. We do not define God. God is who he is. Church, we cannot shape God into who we are and who we want him to be. God is who he is. We cannot take God and shape him into the thought processes of our minds as if we are saying, God, 
you must approve how we think. No, we cannot do that. We cannot shape him in the approval of our viewpoint and our beliefs and then pass it off as being godly. We do not shape God into our being. But rather, we need God to shape us, church, into his being. Amen? For he sent his only begotten son to teach us and to lay down his life so that we might learn the path to righteousness. And so we need God to shape us into his being, not that we in our minds and our thought processes endeavor to make him out to what we think he should be for us. In the midst of chaos and confusion, many will claim a relationship with God. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the chapter is 14 and verse number 33, that God is not the author of confusion or chaos and disorder, but rather a God of peace. Listen, let me tell you something about the consistency of God. For the Revelator records in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelations, the Bible says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, who sit on the throne and who lives forever and ever, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him. And the Bible says again, who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were, they were created and have their very being. Do you understand what that is saying? We exist today because we are created by God. We exist in our being today because of God's work. Because he is holy and holy and he deserves our praise and he deserves our worship. Church, we serve a consistent God. We serve an eternal God. We serve an all-powerful God who lives forever and ever. He is the same, the Bible tells us, yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what people may think or what people may do, our God is still the same, and our God is an everlasting God. Even our very existence on this earth comes from him. The psalmist writes, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. 
Then the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapters 1 and verse number 20, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Everything we see around us, in the universe, the birds, the flowers, the trees, all of God's creation is a testament to him. And those who would think that this earth was formed out of chaos with the Big Bang Theory, I know people don't talk about that much today, but I just want you to know that there's nothing you can get order out of chaos. This earth, our very being, is created by our Father, God in heaven, the Son perpetuated through the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the next verse of that same chapter, the book of Romans, the Bible says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. But their thinking became fruitile, and their foolish hearts were made darkened. My greatest fear is a country that is built on the foundation of Christianity. And I don't want to get into all the historical perspectives, but let me simply say that the main idea in this country in which we live was in God we trust. But I have a sense today that there is a large segment of society who is losing sight of all of that truth in God's existence and in God's plan and then having us to live according to God's will. I believe that's the condition in the world today. But God is still God. And for those of us who serve him, I want you to know and I want you to be assured that God has made promises and these promises will not be broken. So we can trust him. And that's what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. The guaranteed promises of God. Now let me remind us about who God is as I continue with this particular text from the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews. And let me read it again, just a portion of it, a couple of verses beginning at verse number 13. And then I want to hone in on verses 17 and 18, where, where the main points of the message I want to convey today will come from. For the Bible says, when God made man, his promise, or he made his promise to Abraham, brother, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And then in verse number 17, the Hebrew writer says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear, to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this to say, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. When 
something is guaranteed. It is, it is backed. It, it, it is certified. It is endorsed, affirmed. In other words, if a problem arises associated with that which is guaranteed, there's no need to worry because everything will be all right. For the Bible says that by two unchangeable things, and I like this word immutable, immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. The King James Version in this text uses that word immutable, <clears throat> which of course means unchangeable, Although these words are synonyms to one another, uh, I prefer immutable because it is defined as unchanging over time. In our society, words have a way of changing their meanings uh, over time. Uh, when I was a little boy growing up and learning to read, uh, I would read the book, and you probably did. I don't know. I might age myself here. We had Jack and Jill and those kind of, you know, little books to read. And it talked about Jack and Jill uh, uh, being gay. Well, when I was growing up, gay meant that Jack and Jill were happy. They were joyous. But now today, gay means a whole different thing. So, so I like this word uh, immutability or immutable because it stays the same over time. It will not change. In the biblical text, it is an, it is an important word because what the Hebrew writer is saying He's saying that there's this promise that has been made to Abraham. And this is a promise that is immutable. It will not change, come what may. And when it will not change, what are we saying? We're saying that it is not flexible. Uh, it, it will not bend. The promise does not have variables. In other words, there's no tolerance in the measurement. It will be exactly as God said it would be. It is immutable, unchanging, something that will always remain the same. You see, what God says he will do, he does. He confirms it with an oath in this text. So whatever is immutable, it doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter the length of time. Whatever you think about it, what you don't want to think about it, it will always be the same. I'm not going to really keep hammering at home in one sense of the word, but I just want you to understand the main point of what I'm expressing is that God said it, he promised it, it will not change. You see, God has given us spiritual laws. In God's system, there are spiritual laws, for example, and there are spiritual laws that are immutable. But God also has physical laws, and there are physical laws that are immutable. For example, there is the law of gravitation as we think about something physical. If you go up a flight of stairs and you slip and fall, I don't care whether you're young or old, rich or poor, educated or uneducated, you are going to fall down if you slip because that's a physical law of gravity. We all understand that. We, we can't argue with that. But listen, church, there are also spiritual laws that God has given us. God's spiritual laws, because of immutability, will not change. They are guaranteed not to change. For the word of God will last forever. 
One of the reasons that I, I enjoy so much a relationship with God is because of the consistency of his word and of his processes. I can rely on it. I can stand upon it. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what the situations are, I can stand firm on the word of God because it's everlasting. And he said it so, and I believe it. God's spiritual laws, because of immobility, excuse me, my tongue getting a little twisted here. I guess I'm getting a little excited. I tend to do that sometime. I just, I feel like this is just such an important connection with the spirit and with the word and with God and with you as we join ourselves together to worship him. But because of immutability, God's spiritual laws won't change. They are guaranteed. What are these immutable things that's coming from this text in Hebrews? I'm going to tell you there are two foundational points here. One is God's promise. That's the first step he took. He made a promise. And then after making that promise, the second step, that second immutable thing, that is that God swore by his promise. You see, I'm told that during this historical period, when a person made a promise, he would always swear by someone else who was there. Just in case sometime down the road something comes up, uh, there would not be any need for an argument because it would be solved by the person he swore by who acted as a witness to what was going on or what transpired, right? So when we take the Almighty God, he is giving Abraham uh, this promise, but there's nobody but himself that he could swear by, so God Almighty swore by himself. Guaranteed promises of God. Now let's take a look at some of these promises that are in action. Jesus, after the death, his death on the cross, his burial, temporary, and resurrection, uh, he appeared with the disciples, and the apostles are now all gathered in Jerusalem as they were instructed to do so by him. For he told them to wait there, and that's in Luke 24, beginning at verse number 36 and following, he would send the promise, there it is, that same promise. Every time you hear the word promise, I, I want you to think about or do a quick flashback to the point where it's God making this promise to Abraham. And we're going to see as we move through the father of this lesson, lesson, and then the story is yours, uh, that God fulfilled the promise. And we're going to see exactly how the Bible shows that he did it. So at that time... In Jerusalem, they are Pentecost. The apostles were there. For the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And by the way, I want you to understand when you hear this word tongues, we're talking about languages. We're not talking about a lot of mumble jumble. We're not talking about people saying stuff that everyone in the presence of the audience have no idea what they're saying, but we're talking about languages. Everyone that was present there heard the message in their own language due to the power of the Holy Spirit. It was Peter who preached the first gospel sermon on this day, proclaiming that the apostles were witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what he talked about. 
And then in Acts 2, verse 36, the Bible says, Therefore let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now watch how God worked his promise to Abraham. The same promise that God gave him, the same promise that God swore by. In fact, again, I remind you that he swore by himself in Hebrews chapter 6. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter, is two, uh, chapter 12, brother, and verse number 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curse you, I will curse. All people on the earth will be blessed through you. And then God further explains the promise a little bit later on in the book of Genesis, chapter 22 and verse number 18, when he says, and though are through, brother, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 8, the Apostle Paul says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham that all nations will be blessed through him, Abraham. And I don't know about you, but that brings a certain kind of joy to my heart, and I would hope that it brings joy to your heart because it is because of this promise, and it is because God looking down the telescope of time and then looking ahead and looking at people like you and me, and God told Abraham that he was going to bless you and me. We're the Gentiles. God's going to bless us. And he's blessing us through that same promise that he made to Abraham. Paul goes on to say, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 16, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Now watch this. Scripture does not say, and to seed, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person. And that one person, the Bible says, is Christ. Jesus Christ. That's why we stand together on the solid foundation which Christ has laid. Because he is the seed. He is the way that we find entrance into the blessings that God wants to shower upon us. You see, Jesus Christ and the salvation within him is for all nations. That's why when Christ was born, the Bible says... Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. For it is through Jesus Christ that we have this opportunity. In Luke chapter 2 and verse number 14, because in Christ all nations shall be blessed. That is the only opportunity to receive a spiritual blessing from God is through Jesus Christ. Can you say hallelujah? Praise God. We are all blessed through Christ. He is our avenue. He is the way we get there. He is the way we stay there. He is who he is. And I'm so glad that we're here worshiping today, today and we're connected through the Holy Spirit to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The promise of the seed 
was given to Abraham and his descendants. But the blessings of the promise were for all nations, even those nations who were at that time ignorant of the promise and of the fact that they were even included. That's the way God works. This is why Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, and verse number 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. The Bible goes on to tell us in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19, go and teach all nations, Jesus' final plea to us, baptizing them. It is one's physical birth that makes him a citizen of the nation in which they are born. But one must be born of water and born of the Spirit, according to John chapter 3 and verse number 5, in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This new birth that puts us into the seed, which is Christ. We can trust what God said. Because by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. I'm talking about the guaranteed promises of God. Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with every spiritual blessing and heavenly places in Christ. If you want to be blessed spiritually, you got to be in Christ. In whom? We also, in Christ, have redemption through his blood. Every spiritual blessing God gives, he gives to those who are in Christ. Salvation is in Christ with eternal glory, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 10. My Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20, For all of the promises of God are in Jesus Christ. So keep your spirits high, church. Keep your spirits high. For the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6, God's grace is bestowed on us by Jesus Christ. Keep your spirits high. The Bible says in Colossians 2 verse number 10, we are made complete in Christ Jesus. Keep your spirits high. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new is here. The new has arrived and we can stand up and rejoice when we are connected with Christ. Keep your spirits high. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 26, by faith in Christ Jesus, we become the children of God. If one is not in Christ, then he or she are missing out on spiritual blessings. If one is not in Christ, then he has no salvation according to the promise made through Abraham, which God swore would happen. If one is not in Christ, then he has no forgiveness. If one is not in Christ, then he misses out on spiritual grace. Now, I recognize that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And our time don't permit me, but maybe sometime I'll talk about conditional and unconditional blessings. You see, let me just give you this example. 
God's grace still abounds in the world. You see, God allows people to be born. God allows people to live. God allows the lungs and the way our bodies are created to function the way he designed them. Um, we don't have to be a Christian to breathe the air. See, those are, those are unconditional graces. We, we can live and exist in this life without ever acknowledging Christ because God allows it. But what I'm talking about and the message I want you to take away today is how do we get those blessings that's based on the promise made to Abraham? And those are conditional blessings. See, we got to accept Lord. We've got to go down in the watery grave of baptism, recognize that all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. And when we do that and become a member of the family of God, now we're entitled to those spiritual blessings, spiritual grace, and all of the benefits that come with that, including eternal life. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. So I look forward to that time. But I just want us to understand that one cannot be a child of God without a connection to Jesus Christ. For if it is only in Christ, or it is only in Christ, that we receive the guaranteed promises of God. These promises are available right now for those who have not put Christ on. For the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Mark 16, 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 38, where Peter preached that sermon that I made reference to a little bit ago, Peter said, repent and be baptized. When the gospel was preached in Samaria, they believed and were baptized according to Acts chapter 8 and verse number 12. The Ethiopian eunuch, after hearing about the word of God or hearing the gospel for the first time, came upon a body of water and said, here, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? Acts chapter 8 and verse number 36. Then the jailer at Philippi, believing gospel was baptized immediately in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 32. Paul, when he was still named Saul, was told by the Lord through Ananias, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. The guaranteed promises of God belong to all who are in Christ. For he, that is Jesus, is the seed of the promise. In Christ, we have God's eternal blessings. And when that time comes, when the blood no longer runs warm in our veins, we can remember what John said in the book of Revelations, blessed are those that die in the Lord. For henceforth, yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The message is yours. Apply it to your own hearts. If you're not a Christian, be one today by faith in Jesus Christ. 
We're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement. If there's anything that we could do, if there's anything that I've said today or you've heard today that you would like greater clarification on, I'll be happy to sit and talk and we can study together and we can prayerfully consider the Word of God. Give God your heart. Give me your hand. And we will help you in any way we can. Let us together stand and sing the song of encouragement.